Okay, welcome, welcome, welcome to a special edition of uh, the Red Velvet Media Cafe along with the Indie Cafe. Well, actually, Red Velvet Media along with Red Vel- um, the Indie Cafe. God, I can't talk today. What is wrong with me? This is a first we've opened without any music, um, and that is because we are going to do a special show. Today's show is about food gourmets, traveling, and so many other things, um, because we are going to have three different guests today. It's really cool. Plus, my co-host from um, New York, Spencer Drake, will be here with me. We are going to be talking about traveling. We're going to be talking about food. We're going to be talking about, um, you know, different ways you can apply food in your life health-wise. So with that, what I'm going to do is I'm going to bring my first guest into the studio, Michael Zuffalo, um, who is very accomplished. I mean, he's he's pretty renowned um, discussing travel, food, culture, along with my co-host, Spencer Drake. So let me bring everyone into the studio, and then as we go on, um, we are going to be joined by Renee Martin, who is a uh, chef instructor and an author, and then Chef Torspor, who is a professional model, actor, and holistic personal chef. So this will be a really cool show. So let me bring everyone into the studio, and we are going to go. And I wanted to let everyone know this show will be available on iTunes afterwards and also on Red Velvet Media Blog Talk Radio as a podcast. So if you're listening and you want to listen to it after um, it's aired or you want to download it or you're tuning in late and you want to catch the beginning, just go ahead and go to iTunes um, or to Red Velvet Media and you can download it. So with that, welcome, guys. It's Friday. It's Labor hey. Day weekend. It's Labor Day weekend Friday. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Michael, are you there? We're here. <laughs> Michael's giggling. Of course, you know, Mike. Last time I talked to Michael was yesterday. I was doing. A, I was just underwent a really quick check and. He, and I'm sitting in um, Sonoma where the fires were. And um, oh, we're supposed to go into trip. We're supposed to go to triple digits this weekend. And guess what Michael tells me? Oh, I'm sitting here and I'm overlooking the the whatever <laughs> the bay or whatever, having a beautiful breakfast. And I'm like, oh my god, I'm sitting here looking outside and there's smoke everywhere. And I'm having to use my inhaler. And I'm like. That's her help, you know. But no, yeah. we are so glad you're here. Yeah. So, uh, Michael, why don't you yeah. tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and a little <laughs> bit about what you do and <laughs> besides eating breakfast in beautiful places. Well, that, that's fine. Um, yeah. It's a pleasure. First off, it's a pleasure to be on your show. I'm so pleased. Oh, yeah. I do love I do love California. I've traveled mm-hmm. throughout uh, the, nor- uh, the north and south of California a number of times. I, I've done a couple of shows discovering uh, the Pacific Coast Highway <laughs> a few years back. Oh, wow. And, yeah, 
Yeah, well, thanks to our friends at VW, they gave me a, a super sports car to take for two weeks, which I did up and down the coast and pocketing different precincts of California. And I've worked with several distinct properties. In fact, one was uh, the Sonoma uh, County Tourism Bureau and the Wine Council there. And mm-hmm. also the Napa, I had a, the pleasure of taking a guest of mine, uh, get this, on the Napa Valley Wine Train. Uh, you probably know that uh-huh. one. Uh-huh, yeah, that's cool. Uh-huh. Well, thanks to my uh, my uh, associates in San Francisco, Department of Tourism, uh, the dear, my dear friend, the Director of Tourism there, she was so pleased to have me on board. I said, why don't we go on a tour? Let's take the Napa Wine Train. And she said, well, let's do it. And I got to discover some of the unique wineries of uh, Northern California, but also some of the treasures uh, of California. Some, each area of Northern California and Southern California is unique, has a story to tell. And that's what I've done for the last, we're in our 13th season, by the way, with uh, Let's Travel Radio. And that, I owe that really to my early roots with the New York Times. I worked for the New York Times for a number of years. And then I pushed over to Forbes uh, on the, in the magazine division, and I was involved with tourism and all sorts of uh, areas related, um, you know, with uh, uh, the different governments involved, particularly here in the U.S. But I did fall in love with New York because I live in New York City, and I had a habit of picking on the I Love New York uh, people up in Albany, and they would present me with some opportunities to go out and check it out, which I did. And I liked the wineries of uh, uh, New York, New York State. And there was a group called Uncork New York. That's part of I Love New York. My friend Jim Tree is mm-hmm. the president there. And he introduced me to, um, well, um, the Hudson River Valley. The wines of the Hudson River, just an amazing place. And also Long Island. Long Island now has more than 50 wineries. And there's a, there's a group called... Yeah. The, the Long Island Wine Council, that's Steve Bates. Mm-hmm. He heads that up. Really a super guy. Steve, if you're out there, I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, and so And so also and the people from the Finger Lakes. There's another area of New York State that presents wine in a very formidable fashion, and they have, my God, they must have several hundred wineries up there big and small. The smaller ones you've probably never heard of, you might not see, but if you're up there this fall and the harvest time starts around, I'd say mid-September. So uh, again, if you're in the New York State area, come on up. Uh, uh, and through. You can veer through the Northern Catskills, swing over to uh, the Finger Lakes, spend a week, and they do tours. And there are a lot of good B&Bs up oh, there. Oh, yeah. Uh, no, but, I can uh, imagine that. Uh, yeah, and, also, and by the way, the oh, the oldest winery, and you may take mm-hmm. offense at this here, because the oldest winery in the U.S. of A. happens to be in New York State. It's the Brotherhood Winery up it in is? Washington. Yeah, yeah, you're going to check it out. I know you will. Uh, but it's the Brotherhood Winery, and they do an amazing job, and they work closely with Cle- uh the CIA, the Culinary Institute of America, uh, 
they do a wonderful program at the major school. New York State uh, supports them. And they do have a restaurant complex. If you're up there in Hyde Park, New York, this fall, I recommend you do that. Because if you want a taste of New York State, and New York State, by the way, is becoming fashionable, believe it or not, for liqueurs. We produce liqueurs now in New York State. We certainly have enough breweries. And, of course, the wine population Mm -hmm. keeps exploding. And, And yours truly... And, and you'll meet uh, Torre later in the show. We veered through some of the, uh, well, some of the, the trade shows that present gourmet products, uh, Epicurean mm-hmm. products, and that's where you sort of get a taste of what the offering is here in the U.S. of A. And each state has its own. So, again, I would recommend you look at, the, you know, your, your trade index of shows coming up in whatever state. And, and of course, in San Francisco, the Fancy Food Show gets out there every year. You might want to check. That's at the Moscone Center. You probably oh, yeah, no, know it's that. amazing. And I've gone yeah. to the Italian food festival and stuff like that. I wanted to tell oh, you sure. really quickly because you yeah, were yeah, mentioning. Holly, can you I were, here? Uh, hold on. Can I, hold yeah. on one What's minute. That? I want to say something before I lose my thought. Just give me one sure. second. Okay. Go ahead. Uh, before you guys get it, because I know, Spence, you got some really good stuff to talk about. Um, sure. You mentioned harvest started there. Our harvest started at the beginning of August because we have been having triple-digit um, temperatures here. Sure. So what happened was um, right after they started harvest, um, there was a problem with COVID on the – vineyards mm-hmm. um so they addressed that and then a couple of days later the fires all started so oh my gosh Fieldsburg, yeah. napa all those places that were starting to harvest had to stop their yeah. harvest and everybody was oh, no. rushing to harvest the grapes so mm. this year i think it's going to be really hard to get any napa wines 2020 napa wines i'm not sure mm. All I know is that we are rushing like crazy here in Sonoma harvesting mm-hmm. the grapes because yeah. what happened was the fires started from uh, electrical storms, and they were mm-hmm. wet ones. So what happened was the rain got onto the grapes, and, of course, all the vintners were like, oh, my God, mold, mold, mold. So let's get these grapes harvested. Well, then the fire started, so it was really kind of tragic. Mm-hmm. But we've got we've got some really great um, harvesting going on right now. Um, you know, we're we're practicing the COVID things out here in California because California got hit pretty hard, just like New York. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And it's pretty interesting. So, like, right now we're getting ready to do crush time with a lot of different companies, which is really great. And um, I just wanted to throw that in there. And so, yes, we do have festivals. Most of them are in the city. We have a lot of them in the – we have a lot of the festivals that we usually have, like the Vintage Festival – and all that for the harvest time, it's all been rescheduled. So you were saying you were going to talk about, I think, the Italian food festivals. Um, uh, yeah, I was going to uh, come in fence. here because, I, yeah, I, I uh, well, I've, there's more than that because Michael and I have yeah. met 
so many times over the years at food openings or wine tastings. Oh, ta- we call Michael, them tastings. Michael and, the, and especially the Italian Food and Wine Institute uh, every year. Yeah. Right, Michael? But Michael G-R-I, called me I called GRI. I'm a member yeah. of the GRI, the Gruppo Ristoranti Italiani, which is the Italian Restaurant Association. They do present, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Italian products here in North America, and also working with, and I've done trade, I mean, I've done events with them, the Italian Trade Council North America, which is located right here in New York City. Their responsibility is to, one of theirs, is to introduce products from Italy throughout, you know, uh, the 50 states. That's what they do. And uh, Spencer Mm -hmm. and I have have had samplings, so we are able to discover what's coming in and maybe what's going out. (laughs) So anyway. I hope these festivals start up again because it's really sad because we're not being able to experience the culture. I know we can do a lot of it virtually, but we're not able to taste it, you know? Right, Uh right. And Holly, do you know? Do you know uh, that California, uh, because, again, our, our, how shall I say, uh, that we're involved in the industry to a point, but California mm-hmm. is becoming a major olive oil producer. And that oh, is oh just God. a, a I setback for the Holy. European producers. Uh, hey, mm-hmm. what's it going is. on? They, they, at the trade show, they <laughs> okay. say, what's going on? What's this you. California business? I'm going to tell you. All of the olive trees, okay, I have some on my property, but most of the oh. olive trees got smoked out. And really? we, um, yeah, but last year's harvest, um, they have been, um, you know, doing the treatment process, you know, the cold mm-hmm. press, the hot press, yeah. sure. everything that they need to do. There will be some um, uh, olive oils out in production, and I want to mention one company that I really love is Sonoma Harvest Home, which, ah. makes, um, which I'm going to be sending. I know, Spencer, I told you I would, but they make these infused olive oils, Meyer lemon, yeah. blood orange. Um, they wow. make vinaigrette dressings. They make mm-hmm. all, I mean, it's called Sonoma Harvest Home. And they are in full production, and I will tell you that if anybody wants to order a really good olive oil that Mm. is from California that is pure and doesn't have any of any of the additives and Uh unfiltered, yeah. California, California, um, Sonoma, California home, and right now I know they're having a, um, and I'm not, and, and they're not sponsoring me right now, but. I'm just telling sure. you, I am really good close to them, so I do know that their products are really good, and they have dressings, they have vinaigrettes, they have marinades, oh. they have spices. You oh. can really love them, and, and you're going to love this because, uh, you know, William Sonoma is going to start carrying some of it. Hey, so listen, right. our other guests are, are on the other line. I'm going to pick them up, but I'm going to have you continue where you left off. Sure, I'm just sure. Going to introduce them really quickly and um, let you finish your story, and then I'm going to have Renee and Chef Tour. Um, oh, Renee, talk sure. A bit about what he is. Yeah, mm. hold on. Let me bring everybody on because right. I want to talk a little bit more to you, Michael. Hold on a second. All right. 
Okay, so let's see. I'm um, bringing everybody into the studio. Okay, six four. Okay, who do I have? Do I have you both, Renee, and um, do I have you, Chef Tor? You do. Hey. Yes, you do. Hi. Hey, welcome, Renee. welcome Hello. back. Renee. <laughs> yes, I'm here. Renee. Well, hi. Oh, yay. Hi, Renee. Renee's here. And Renee, Chef Tor is here I, in Westport. And Chef Tor from Westport. So we are we are like all well, now, Westport Renee, and parts all parts uh, abroad. Yeah, I know. Now, Renee, where are you calling from? New York. So, gosh, I mean, I'm the only one on the West Coast here. Everybody else is on the East Coast. I'm going to fly over there now. Well, so um, what I thought we could do, and this would be, this is such an amazing show because we have three different people here telling different stories, one on travel, one on wine, one on food. Then, um, Renee, I want to talk to you about your experience as a chef instructor and also an author in your amazing book. And then, Chef Tor, I want to talk to you about all the amazing TV appearances and, and your, and your um, you know, things that you've been doing as far as your um, healthy eating and um, all about your holistic personal chef. So Absolutely. I'm going to let I'm going to ask Michael if he could segue into oh, introducing, sure. and then we can go, and then Spence and I will pop in here and there and have questions for you. So Michael, you want to? Um, yeah, well, go it to just so happens that I veered mm-hmm. I veered up through Connecticut uh, this past week, and I stopped over in Westport. And I, I mm-hmm. uh, gave a, a, a jingle to Tor Foray, and Tor said, come mm-hmm. on over. I said, well, I got a day or two. Can you spare? Sure. So anyway, we talked about food, but, but, but Tor, he mixes theater and art, music, and, and well, fashion. You know, he's, he's been a fashion model mm-hmm. for a number of years, and also, of course, yeah. his, his stretch in the theater but more recently as a celebrity chef, yeah. And uh, yeah, he loves awesome. to mix, yeah, he loves to mix uh, uh, Mediterranean with California cuisine. I like and that. he's bent now on Asian cuisine, but he loves fish. And since Westport is a port city, he can talk about fish better than most. So I would say, oh, cool. sword, and in, in light of your tenure with major restaurants some in california by the way you can yeah. you can make a reference to that and also uh well your travels through europe what did you find what do you like and what have you done no. yeah, <laughs> so George, take, real- take it over we- we moved to Westport yeah. when I was 10, and I was working, snow Hold shoveling, on, babysitting, dog walking, and I fired my mother at 10 years old. <laughs> I said, I'm going to buy my own food and learn how to cook it. So at 10 years old, I was a little precocious. I started going to Chinatown to peek around, and I'll never forget when I was 10, I saw them cutting up a raw live lobster, and I said, well, that's the way to do it because it's in parts both thick and thin. And so when the tail and the claws are done, the other stuff is raw. When the body is, is cooked, 
the other stuff is overdone. So you slice it up, and that's what I do. I've got many recipes with duck, and on uh, YouTube, if you put in Chef T-O-R, you can see a show I do around the world. It's called Lobster Breakfast Lunch and Dinner. Yay. Mm. Yeah. All right. I wanted to to say something really quickly. Um, As uh, Chef Tor talks a little bit about talks about the things that he's doing. I wanted to say, Renee, you just recently did an event with Michael, right? That's how you and Spencer mm. met? Uh, no, no, no. Okay. Uh, that's that's we'll not how we that no. moment. <laughs> no. Hello there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Hello. And right, just so Renee, for the record here, um, yeah. I'm not getting lost. I'm, uh, But I think one of the things you uh, left off when you were describing what I've done is I was a chef in restaurants for 17 years. So amazing. um, That's part of what I would like to talk about, and so you can uh, call me chef also. Long, if you would be so kind. I know. Yeah. Well, you know, I've been around for a while. Chef Renee, you have earned that title. (laughs) I am so sorry. I apologize. Don't worry about it. You and I, we talked on the phone, and you are just such an angel. A sweetheart, okay? So Well, not, not everyone would agree, but I accept. No, well, I am because I already told Spencer, you're, a, you're an awesome, you'll be an awesome guest along with everyone else. So I'm sorry. Let's go back to Chef Tor, and then, Renee, yeah. do you mind? We'll come right back. No, no, we'll come back not. to you. Okay, not to thank worry. Thank you so much, Chef Renee. Thank you. I'm so sorry. I should learn to call everyone by their proper titles. I apologize. I really that's do. Okay. Mm. Really. That's fine. Don't worry about yeah. it. Yeah. Um, so I will have to look for yeah. Chef Tour's YouTube series. Uh, yeah. that sounds like so fun. Chef Tour. Yeah. Well so um, Chef in your in Europe Yes. Carry yeah. on. Um, Sorry about that. The the whole thing with my focus on lobster, living in Westport on the East Coast and all that, we ate it uh, mm-hmm. at least once but twice a week. When I lived in Europe in the 70s, it was sometimes $35. So in 10 years, I had it twice. I returned and brought my I'm family sorry, here. No. I re- returned and brought my family here in 79, and lobster was $2.50. I ate 400 that year, and I developed <laughs> the lobster <laughs> breakfast, lunch, and dinner. 400? Holy crap. Four, 400, yes. They're 365, and sometimes I have it for uh, lunch and dinner. Now, in the 80s, the, the government nutrition scientists started telling about cholesterol and how bad it was for you. Well, if you looked at me and my well-developed body and my modeling career, and after 400 lobsters, the heart is still sticking. So what does it tell you? They were wrong. In the 80s, they only knew the word cholesterol, not HDL and LDL. Mm. They say that doesn't so, matter anymore. Do you know that? When I went, to, I when I actually spoke to someone, it's really interesting. They say that doesn't really matter. They're not measuring it by that anymore, which is I know very they, they very were wrong. And when I yeah. do a, a lecture or whatever uh, or broadcast, I say eat the way your grandparents ate. They didn't have all these mm-hmm. troubles that we have today. No. Yeah, but sure, so, you love to mix good good food with good wine. I re, I recall. <laughs> absolutely, here we in the wine circuit. Uh, if if there's time, I'd like to talk about the treatment of meats, 
the treatment of vegetables and fruits, and how to prevent cancer by a simple uh, method of marinating that I developed, which is also available online. Do we have time for that? Of course. That's what this is all about. This is about you and everyone else here that's a guest on the show. So please do. Please share with our listeners. I'm all about health. And most people don't know that uh, heterocyclic amines, HCAs, are created (laughs) whenever you barbecue, fry, or cook meat. If, however, you do my method of of drying it for a day, don't rinse or wash your meats or chicken or poultry. Just wipe it. Dry it for a day. Marinate it in the proper wine for a day and dry it again. This prevents carcinogens up to 90%. And you can see it really? online, wow. Columbia University, heterocyclic amines, HCAs. Okay? Yeah, that's what you know. That's what you know. Wow. And you say this information is available uh, online. where? Yep, online, but HCAs. Where? In a journal or uh, where? Because HCAs uh, well, are written about all the time. Oh, I didn't uh, know this. Um, sure, sure. I mean, the advice to if you must grill... Do high heat for one minute and then take it off and put it in the oven. Just get that Residual real marks heat. on yes, the smoke. Oven, yes, oven, fi- oven finished is the way to go. Yeah, no charring anymore the way we used to like to eat. Absolutely. Those days are over. Yeah. Now, um, being uh, half European, I would never eat Brussels sprouts in June, July, August, or September. All of the vegetables that you buy, whether they're from the farmer's market or from the supermarket, have been in the dark in a cooler for maybe up to 10, 12, 14 days. So I take everything, and also to extend shelf life, all of our vegetables and fruits are picked prematurely, which means they're not fully ripe. So I put them out in the sun for one or two or three days. Watermelon, sometimes I keep them in the sun. Well, they make the sugars and the vitamins they lost in the dark and the cooler. And with the um, cruciferous, the cabbage family, I go a step further, and I'll take uh, uh, um, Brussels sprout stem, cut off the bottom about two inches, score the end in a cross, and I'll let them freeze lightly before I eat them. The difference is quite amazing. Wow. Wow. Yeah, yeah. no, that's really, that's that's pretty that's interesting. I never even knew any of this stuff. Yeah, this is good. Mm-hmm. Especially yeah, put all your and, and, and cancer if survivor. It, if it's yeah. broccoli, uh, cut off the bottom, score it, and then put it out in the sun for one or two or three days or whatever it is. Okay. Did hmm. anybody get any of my published recipes I forwarded to Holly? Yes. And... Yes. Okay. I um, didn't get any of those. Mhm. Well, uh, I I don't yeah, work in well, restaurants. I can send that I... over to Chef Renee. Chef. Renee, yeah, maybe you did could you not get the me. email I sent you? I did send them. I thought, did you not get them? Well, I don't know. I have so many emails from you and Spencer that it's a little hard to keep track. Oh, uh, but I don't you wouldn't mind sending them again. Oh. Okay. My email is spore dot four s p o r r e dot t o r at gmail dot com. I'll send it to her. Oh, I'll just yeah, I'll make email. That's fine, and I'll get them from you directly. No. My bragging Corey. rights folks, at gmail at gmail dot com. Yeah, uh, okay. I, I I started modeling fifty two years ago, and I still work. 
Uh, I gave up working out 20 uh, years ago for a sea kayak and a bicycle, and my body is the same size as it was in high school. Oh, that's great. Well, it's it's the way I eat. It's the choices I make. And uh, it's all about health and uh, and saving your place in uh, in time. Wow. Okay. So now and I well, want to ask I, you I, something. Yeah. Have you have you um, come up with anything? Have you done any kind of presentations for any of the um, hospitals or any of the oncology groups or anything on this? I haven't because um, the medical profession is a little resistant to even hearing uh, my wisdom. Uh, oh, I'm going to really? ask my doctor the next time I see you him. Know, you know what HCAs you are? Interested. You might be interested in checking into the there, – there is some change going on in the medical uh, world hmm, these time. days. Uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it's slow, but it is happening. Uh, I believe it's Tufts uh, has a, associated with its medical school, has something called the Institute of Culinary Medicine. And they are trying Mm. to hook up doctors and chefs together. So you ought to check that out because they're doing all sorts of things. They're trying to increase the level of nutrition. Of course, doctors were never taught anything about nutrition. But there is a change going on now. And more educated chefs who now work in hospitals who have I nutrition backgrounds as well as chef backgrounds are also trying to improve the food profile of what they uh, serve the patients. So it's not a completely hopeless scenario, uh, although I totally get what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you well, I, I, I focus on helping yeah. people who are referred to me as a private chef. I can earn more than I can in any restaurant. I don't have any grief. And there's a whole uh, routine I have about telling them what I do, where they want to go, and what the goals are. May I read you a, a couple notes here? One of the, of uh, one of the, one of the forms that I give uh, potential clients is uh, thoughts for food from, and they put their name in, in order to serve you better and help inspire me, please consider the following items and jot down your thoughts as they occur. Also, feedback would be appreciated. Any dining experiences you have had which you'd like to share are likewise encouraged. Number one, I like love, blank. Two, sometimes, not too often. Three, never tries but would like to. Four, hate, never, allergies. Five, would like wine suggestions, yes, no, provide own wine for cooking, or please recommend it. Seven, I, we are open to healthy eating tips, yes, no, the worst dining experience, one word to describe my palate, culinary health goal is thoughts on oysters, very spicy, fried green tomatoes, lobster, granola, whole grains, highly refined foods, seasonal fruit bowl. You see, when I, uh, when I uh, get hired by a family, uh, I spend time with the children because they will eat things for me. They won't eat for their parents. And I tell the parents, I say, listen, you need a fruit bowl. If you keep it in the fridge, number one, it's not going to ripen properly, and the kids won't eat enough of it. So the other mm-hmm. thoughts are heavy garlic, celery root, watercress butter, organic produce, and free-range chicken. Uh, now, there's one program that I insist on 
and I call that a fresh start kitchen clean sweep. Where I go through the whole kitchen and cupboard and be sure that everything is uh, up to par. Uh, I've worked mm-hmm. for people who had uh, walnut oil from when they got married, and their children are now six and seven. So what does that tell you? It's rancid, and it's very bad for you. Uh, I won't mm-hmm. go into all the other pages and everything, but this makes things very, very, very clear. And I have letters of reference from people who you would know, some of whom say I saved their lives with my intervention. Wow, that's great. That's amazing. That is Can really I interject great. here? Um, uh, Chef Tour, you would really love what they've done out here in California, and I know that they're trying to expand it. When I experienced having cancer five years ago, and I'm cancer-free now, thank goodness, um, I always ate healthy, but I didn't really know all the different things that went into really being preventative and what was good for you, like fermented foods and stuff like that. Yeah, there's I make my own sauerkraut. Yeah, there's a company here or an organization, I should say, in California, in my area, and they opened up a cancer center here in one of the hospitals, Holistic. The company's called Ceres, and what they do is they actually cook meals for five days, and they bring them to you every Monday. They'll bring you a bag full of meals, and if there's more than one of you in the family, they'll cook for everyone because they want everyone to eat it. And they create cancer-friendly foods along with immune broth and soups. Mm. Like they'll give you also little um, ginger glycerate. They'll give you little wellness, oh. wellness, wellness drops. Um, May I tell you, I cured my yeah. own asthma by drinking ginger and turmeric juice. Oh, that's yeah, great! Well, yeah, that's amazing. I got to do that because yeah. I'm having trouble with the smoke right now out here in California. Okay. It's really bad. Two thirds so quantity of that. ginger and one third turmeric. Juice it and freeze it in little ice cube things and drink it all day uh-huh. long in the water in the water you drink. Now, yeah, you know what, oh, uh, Chef okay. Spore, I, I got to come in here because I just got um, a medical thing on email about exactly what you just talked about, turmeric and ginger. There's a whole talk about it that I have on email oh. about it. Could you forward it to me, really? please? Yeah, yeah, I think I have it. I'll make sure I have it. Uh, definitely, definitely, yes. I want to ask all of you... Yeah. I want to ask all the chefs that we have here online, and I want to ask you a question. Have you heard this rumor, and I don't know if it's a rumor or if it's fact. I've checked it out. Turmeric. It's about turmeric. Oh, it's the best. Turmeric has to be naturally grown because some of the turmeric that's being grown in the ground right now is absorbing the metals that are in the ground, and they're not good for people. Tell me about that. Can I interrupt for a moment because I can say something about this? Uh, But just uh, going back, going back to turmeric for a minute. uh, Something that doesn't get much publicity, but ought to. uh, For those people who uh, who take anticoagulants and are on blood thinners, turmeric. Yeah, turmeric is a blood thinner. And if you are already taking a medication that's yeah. a blood thinner, yeah, you have right. to pay attention, you have to right. know your dose, and you can't right. do it without talking to your doctor. 
it's potentially dangerous. Just because it's a supplement doesn't mean you should you can do what you please. This is mm. this crazy idea. No, that's so good. Herbs especially, well, right? R- Renee, food Renee, food is medicine. <laughs> well that's that. not yeah, Unless I know, I but you still have to know food. what it is. We know right. much well, more perhaps turmeric can replace, uh, you know, medication that you're using to, for, for thinning your yeah, blood. Yeah, but medication, however crappy we feel about the pharmaceutical companies, it's regulated sure. at least. Supplements are not. And as you say, there's all different uh-huh. kinds of turmeric. Uh, now, let me just say something else about the metals in the ground because sure. um, when I wrote my book on rice, now I don't talk about this in the book because... There was just no room left to put it in. However, um, anything that grows in the ground, any plant and any animal that eats those plants is going to absorb heavy metals and other kinds of um, metals that are in the ground. Wow, These not days, to mention herbicides moment, and insecticides. Right, right. Well, I'm not talking about those, but you're absolutely right. But That's a whole other big, big things today is arsenic. And arsenic uh, is a perfectly natural material. It's not a mineral, even though people seem to think it is, but it actually isn't one. But it's all over the planet, and there is an upper tolerable limit which the FDA has come up with over the years. And for reasons that have yet to be figured out, the level of arsenic is increasing all over the world. Wow. One of the one of the plants wow. that absorbs it most readily is rice, which is how I happen to know something about wow. this because I really? wrote a book about rice. That's if you're right. ready, so, I have, a, we I have a great supplement for rice that I will tell you later. Absolutely, a substitute, a substitute for it. I'm sorry. Continue, please. Well, there's there's uh, you know there's plenty of other plants, but the point is, if you're going to eat rice. Uh, For example, a lot of baby foods are made with pureed rice as a base. So Mm -hmm. last time I checked, which was several years ago, that's when I was doing the research for the book, uh, it was not recommended that any of those baby foods based on rice, pureed rice, be given to babies. Mm -hmm. That's that's a major change. May I give you a good substitute for rice? Sure. I mean, I can think of dozens of them myself, but go right ahead. Uh, I uh, make one-third brown barley, not pearled, Mm one-third millet, and one-third quinoa, okay? Sure. And I rinse them up, and I, uh, for the quantity of, let's say you did one-third of each and it's a cup, then you use a cup and a half of liquid, and you bring it to a boil and simmer it for 25 minutes until the liquid is absorbed. I use this. Uh, you have to co- uh, cool it, of course. And I use this instead of rice, like fried rice. Also, half of it I make into a porridge that I eat every morning, which is the barley millet and quinoa, uh, cold, with a grated apple, coconut milk, maple syrup, which I'll address later how healthful that is, and it's wonderful in my coffee, um, yogurt, and fresh fruits de jour, and... Uh, flaxseed, oh, and, and, and ground raw almonds. This will sustain you for a brunch until dinner. Mm. 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 Sure, sure. But that's a whole different series of flavors. It, I'm, I know it's wonderful because I eat those same things. I don't actually uh, 
cook rice myself these days, and I use quinoa and farro and all kind, everything else you mentioned quite often. But, I mean, it is uh-huh. a learning curve. If you come from a rice-eating culture, which most of Asia does, uh, mm-hmm. it's a very difficult transition to make. Um, uh, however, you know, the laboratories of the world are working on how to get the levels of arsenic down, and they may have already succeeded since I haven't looked into this for a couple of years. So, But if you look online, you, you can know, find all kinds of stuff about it. That's really, really interesting that you talked about the arsenic, Chef Renee Martin, because seriously, um, you know, mm-hmm. if you look... No, if you look at the wines, there's arsenic in wine. Um, sure. There's arsenic in beer, um, mm-hmm. which a lot, because of where I live, they talk a lot about it, and they're saying that because now it's organically grown, they're not doing that. But imagine right now for us here in Sonoma, all the all the vineyards that are burning that have all the pesticides. Do you know what's in all the smoke that we're breathing? Yep. I, pretty, I hope you wear pretty, a mask all the time. Po- Nothing to do I with do. Yeah, No, 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 yeah. I do. I wear I wear I wear the good ones. So yeah, absolutely. And I've actually really gotten really sick from it. So yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. So but Yeah, um, it's very it's very problematic. That's true. Mm-hmm. And yeah. So that's are, really uh, interesting. You know, you know who's doing a lot of research on the arsenic and rice problem is Lundberg. You must know them. Really? Lundberg, yep. the rice mm-hmm. the rice farmers in near Sacramento. Yep. Rice cake. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I used to and they have so many different types of rice and they last time I called them to find out what was going on, they said they were working with some laboratories to try to find ways to get the level of arsenic to be reduced. And part of the reason is they think that being that it's a plant that sits in water much of the time, uh, it has long roots and the roots absorb it um, more than a sort of classical plant that's sitting in earth. For some reason, water makes it more amenable to being absorbed Mm -hmm. at higher levels. Mm -hmm. But anyway, I just Mm. wanted to point that out. So is the origin of arsenic uh, an herbicide? How does it get No, I don't think so. Uh, arsenic is just a natural element in the earth that happens and not to be good for people when taken above a certain level. But so where, what part of the lives. country has the biggest concentration? North, south, east, west, midwest? Uh, I cannot answer that question, uh, unfortunately. Uh, I really don't know. But it's not just the U.S., it's global. It's mm-hmm. a oh, yeah. natural I'll element in the it. earth. That yeah. yeah. You, mm-hmm. you know, since Chef Renee is talking about rice, um, would you mind telling our listeners where the, about your book real quick so we can sure. um, tell people? Because sure, I'm be getting questions on, on my thing here that they want to know about the book. And um, I'm going to spell oh, okay. your name out real quick so they can look at it. It's R E N E E. Capital M A R T O N. And it's on Amazon, so it's easy to find. It's called Rice uh, A Global History, which is a little bit of a joke okay. because it's a short book. Ah. Uh, there's a there's a series of books that have been coming out for a number of years now. They all look exactly alike. They're little hardbacks with yellow paper covers and it's called the Edible Series. And each book hmm. uh, they're published by a British publisher, Reaction. And each book 
has one topic. Sometimes it's an ingredient like rice or wheat or tomatoes, mm-hmm. and sometimes it's a, I'll call it a cultural concept like pizza or hamburger or apple pie, something like that. And it's an overview of the particular item in question for it's written for the foodies of the world so that you get an overview of how it came to be dominant and why and what are all the different things that can be done with it. So there Mm -hmm. are recipes in the book to illustrate the different ways, um, you know, the particular ingredient is used around the world. And the reason I I, uh, actually chose rice as my topic because my background is in cooking French food. That's what I did for 17 years in restaurants. Before right. before I, uh, well, I was teaching also, but that was my background. And even though France tried to grow rice and grows a little bit of rice, rice is not <laughs> critically important by any stretch in French cuisine. And I thought... Could you send me uh, some castellet? <laughs> if I had some on hand, I would be happy to do that. I do. That's my it's not quite cold enough You're yet so funny. Oh, I wanna, winter, can I come in here for a minute? We'll um, what, what I'm tied with uh, Chef Renee is that my partner Judith and I, uh, we'd always go downtown. You'll know this, uh, Chef Renee. And we'd hang mm-hmm. out at a restaurant called Restaurant Florent, which was very <laughs> popular downtown. And Chef Renee, co- uh, she was a cook, right, a, a chef there. And I always, why we went down there, I figured it all out one day. I said, the food is unreal. I mean, it was really a trip. And everybody, it was a real hang for very famous people, actors, yes, uh, yes, entertainment. You yes, know that, right? Lots of and, and I oh, was God. very, uh, 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 that was a big tie with you. And I still have, wait a minute, I have the matchbooks in front of me that were designed by <laughs> Timor oh, Kelman of Emmy Company. One, yes, has a fork, right. one has a fork on <laughs> it, and the other one has a, a salt shaker on it, you know, drying. And, mm. and uh, I kept oh. these, I kept these. So I just want yes, to tell you. Yes, I have that. a few matchbooks myself. Yes, actually, I was the executive chef there um, yeah, for a while. Wow. Of course, the restaurant lasted for 20 years, and I worked there for six years. So let's be clear. I'm not saying I was the only executive chef, definitely not. But I was one for uh, quite a while in the earlier part of Florent's life when it was just becoming sort of the trendiest bistro in New yeah, York. Yeah, very trendy, and of very course, trendy. The fact that it was open 24-7 made it a huge enterprise for those of us who work to produce thousands of meals uh, week in and week out all the time. It was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. And, of course, we specialized in um, classic things like steak and fries and mussel and fries. We were very famous for our French fries. Delicious. But we also uh, were known for organ meats as well. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, uh, Renee, I saw you, you in the dining room when you were there. Oh, great. I love it. I remember what it looked like, uh, Chef Renee. I remember what the restaurant looked like. I mean, to, to this day, you know what I mean? It was an incredible place. Yes, sure. We all do. It was really ahead of its time being the first restaurant in the meat market. It put right. the meat market on the map. Not that it wouldn't have mm-hmm. happened anyway, but it sort of yeah, speeded it really things did. up. And uh, and Florent himself, you know, the restaurant is named after the owner, and he himself mm. was a very uh, he's was an activist uh, in gay rights and neighborhood preservation. Mm-hmm. He's a very charming guy, yeah. and he was very media savvy. So uh, the place got a lot of attention, and of course, 
I did my best to make sure the food lived up to its reputation. So, it did. Which I think it did. I think it did. Chef Thank Bernay, you. Wow. Was it was a yeah. hot spot. It was a hot yeah. spot. That's why we went. It, it sure I, was. I want steak and fritz now. I want steak and fritz. Do I remember the uh, Bastille Day? Do I remember the Bastille Day celebration oh there? Oh, my God. Oh, wow. Yeah, an event wow. uh, oh, unequal. Oh, tell me about that. Tell me. Mm-hmm. Oh. Tell me, tell me, tell me. I want to hear about it. They're legendary. Yes, yes. I did the first two. And did then you? after that, uh, yes, it was quite an amazing accomplishment. So, you know, Florent is a very, uh, he's a performer at heart, among many he was, other things. yes. Yes, mm-hmm. and so he decided that since it's a French restaurant and he's French, why mm-hmm. should they celebrate July 4th when they could do Bastille Day instead, which is right. only 10 days later. Right. So he got right. permission from the police to close off the street, and uh, we ended up putting out... About I don't know seats for six to eight hundred people. They were no, all SRO. <laughs> big big yeah. time. Big time. It was, uh, and of course the kitchen. This is a restaurant that had a hundred seats, and on a very busy night, we might do mm-hmm. three hundred covers, which mm-hmm, used right. up every conceivable oh thing. My God. But we were not ready to wow. put out a thousand meals, so mm. we had to rent refrigerated trucks and all kinds of equipment to pull this off. And what made it especially entertaining was that Florent himself, um, one year, the first year, I believe, that we did it, he put a podium in the middle of Gansevoort Street, you know, with all the tables around it. And oh, my God. His, his partner at the time was a theater makeup artist and designer. And so mm-hmm. Florent came dressed as um, Leona Helmsley. Oh, and he had on, oh, uh, a wig and long gloves and a gown, and he was really hilarious. And he would go into the, you know, in among the tables where the customers were and put his kid-covered kid hand out so people could kiss his hand and, you know, pay him some attention. Mm-hmm. And everybody loved it. What can I tell you? <laughs> it was very popular. He used to come to my club for breakfast, oh, the Netherlands Club of New York at Rock Center. Mm. We, yes, if you had been there, we could have served lobster, <laughs> lobster for lobster for the masses. That would have been fun. Oh yeah. Oh wow. So Bastille Day was a lot amazing. of fun, and uh, the next year he came to eat his PF. That was very good, also. Oh wow. Bring, bring back Lady Bunny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Lady yeah, you Bunny. probably remember some of the. No, no, of that, of that, of that, uh, of that event. Often she headline, headline the Bastille Day, uh, opening programs. Mm. <laughs> there you go, there you go. But I mean, we had a very good staff in the kitchen, and I'm going to repeat what Anthony Bourdain has made very famous because I don't think it was talked about quite so much until he wrote about it. Is that uh, the Mexican contingent uh, are the under underpinning of every kitchen in New York, or at least they were at the time. And it is the most them, popular no, no in, in the U.S. Function. Yeah. yeah right. According well, to the, uh, N- N- uh, the National Restaurant Association. Yes, yes, that's right. And they, they are the backbone of every restaurant. Do uh, Some of them, you know, work their way up uh, into, you know, sous chef level, but most of them are 
do the heavy-duty grunt work that is mm-hmm. tedious and boring and has to mm-hmm. be done over every day, all day mm-hmm. long. And uh, r- truthfully, without without their devotion, they never get sick. They always come to work. Really, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. There would be no restaurant out industry, here too. at least not in New York. Out here, so. out here too, Chef Rene. It's the same thing. Mm-hmm. Same thing, mm-hmm. especially in my area. Um, mm-hmm. Most of the bakeries and stuff like that, because we have a lot of bread that's made daily. And they finally opened up their first French patisserie out here. And she's from France, mm-hmm. so everything is really amazing. Yeah. Oh, great. Wow. Mm. Well, that sounds great. You know, Maybe we should move on to Renee, uh, Chef Renee. And um, uh, Chef Renee, would you mind telling our listeners a little bit about your background? Besides working sure. at these amazing French restaurants. Oh, my <laughs> God. No, I would be happy to happy to tell you my background, uh, which is oh, a little unusual. Do. Also like Chef Tours, uh, although from a different perspective, uh, because I started out uh, – going to graduate school in clinical psychology. Uh, that was wow. my original plan, oh, wow. was to become a therapist. And uh, I was getting a master's <laughs> degree. Therapist. Yes, I know. Totally laughable. <laughs> and I decided, and I had a job doing market research for some little company, and one day I decided this just not wasn't what I wanted to spend my life uh, doing. And so mm-hmm. my, boss, my boss at my job was very nice. And when I told her I was going to leave. She said, okay, you've been very nice. I'll say, I'll let you collect unemployment. So this is back in the day when you could collect unemployment for 63 weeks, no questions asked. And I had a rent control department. So I don't know if you're familiar with rent control, uh, uh, Holly, but it's uh, incredibly inexpensive apartments that you always try to get your hands on. That's not really That's what I have now, Renee. Chef Renee, yes. that's what yes, I'm living in now. Yes, I know now. you do. That's right. And nobody gives those up upon pain of oh, God yeah. knows what. No, they don't. Anyway, so I had always loved to cook. Uh, you know, my story is typical in the sense that my mother was a phenomenal cook and very experimental. Um, she, you know, she was from Texas, so she made fried chicken and cornbread and things like that. But she uh, let you, you in know, the kitchen, so, right? Huh? And she let well, you in the she, kitchen. Oh, yes, she did. She encouraged me in the kitchen, and she liked to make Chinese food and all sorts of things, as well as pot roast and mashed potatoes and things like wow. that. Anyway, mm. so I sort of enjoyed cooking, and when I was able to stop working and I quit graduate school, I started cooking, and I decided to teach myself to cook French food. So I did the Julie and Julia thing, and I started with Jacques Pepin and Julia Child. Um, and I worked my way through those books uh, for the next year and a oh, half. Wow. And then one, I had, so I had to have people over to eat all this food I was making. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I discovered that people actually liked the food I was making. Um, and so when the time came for me to actually get a job, because unemployment's not forever, uh, mm-hmm. I realized that I would have to find out if people were willing to pay for my food rather than just have it be given to them, which is what I had been doing all along. Anyway, to make a long story short, I uh, I started my own little business focusing on desserts, and for the next three years I sold uh, cakes, pies, and 
cupcakes and things like that to restaurants in the neighborhood. I lived in Greenwich Village, and so I, I had five restaurants, including one that's still around, Raoul's. I don't know, Spencer, you might know that. Yeah, I know it. You know well. Raoul's? Yeah, they were my first customer for cheesecake. Wow. That's what I used wow. to sell them. Oh, anyway, cheesecake. Yum. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Oh, my God. <laughs> so life no. went on. And no, I'm in trouble. Then uh, <laughs> I decided to uh, stop doing that. And I, a good friend of mine, this is going to surprise you, but a good friend of mine uh, was going through this horrible divorce, and she lived in Denver. So I decided to go out there and help her pay the mortgage on the house that she and her about-to-be ex-husband had just bought. And so I got a job in a restaurant. It, I, hadn't, I wasn't even thinking about becoming a chef. It was just supposed to help with paying the bills. And since I love to cook, that was the right thing for me to do. But that ended up being my boot camp restaurant. It was a very good restaurant, even if it was in Denver. It's kind of shocking when you think about it. Um, and this goes back to 78, 79, um, when the food movement that we're all so familiar with today was just starting to be a glimmer, really. Um, but it was a great restaurant. Everything was made from scratch, and uh, the chef uh, made me his apprentice. So I worked my way around the kitchen um, a lot, and then eventually I came back to New York, and I went to work in this little restaurant that you might know, Spencer, because it's been there for, it was there for a long time, called La Métairie. You know, yes. this little tiny, yes, yes on West 4th and West 10th. Excellent. So I took over, yes, I took over for the chef there when she went on vacation. Oh, and wow. that was, that was the mm. beginning. So I, yeah, that was a fun, fun little restaurant. Excellent. Excellent. Lucky break. Yep. Yes, that was a lucky break, exactly. And so uh, from there, my, I had two more stops. The second one was Florent, but before Florent, I spent six years at another restaurant that you also might know called uh, La Russe, which was on Theater Row, you know, on 42nd. Yes. That's a famous, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a famous yeah, one. So, it's, it's still there, I think. Is it? No, well, now, no, no. Now it's called Chez Josephine, and it's Totally exactly. Exactly. Of, yes. It's got nothing to do with the. It's the same restaurant, isn't it? Or. No, 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 no. Completely different. It's made oh. out. It's made up to look like jo- Josephine Baker's boudoir. Right. That wasn't oh, what wow. I was doing. <laughs> oh, wow. You know, no. We we had a more classic. Uh, we had a zinc bar and beautiful furniture, and uh, it was sort of an upscale French bistro in the middle of this burgeoning and new theater district, and that mm. that was uh, what the restaurant... So, you know, the fortunes of the restaurant were tied to the theaters, whether they were busy or not. So there were a lot of up and downs that went on mm. there. Um, and then the restaurant was closed, uh, wait for the drum roll for non-payment of taxes, Cool. Um, oh wow! Yes, the sheriff came and padlocked the place, and we all got thrown out. Oh no! <laughs> Sounds well, like a New York story. Yeah, it? it really it, it is right. a New York story. Yes, I, I'm actually yeah. uh, hoping to write about it because it's quite unbelievable. Right. Uh, and then I took a year off. I went to China. I went to Thailand. I went to a bunch of places. Um, and then when I was ready, so here is where Florent comes into the story. 
I was in New York. It had been about a year, and um, I was with two friends. One was my old boss from La Métairie, and the other is a woman who started out as a customer and is now a very good friend. And we were hanging out at her apartment, and somehow it got to be around 11 o'clock, and we hadn't had dinner yet, but we had had a lot of wine. So somebody said, oh, let's get something (laughs) to eat. And uh, Roger, my old boss from La Métairie, said, oh, I've heard about this restaurant down in the meat market called Floron that's open 24 hours a day. Let's go there. So I had never heard of it. And, you know, we drive down to Gansport Street, which is, you know, this cobblestone street. It's totally dark. But in the middle of the street is this beacon of light streaming out from inside what looks like a restaurant, although it's hard to tell there are so many. And it's just booming. So we walked in, and there was Ed Koch sitting at the first table. You know, oh, the wow. old mayor of New York. That's and funny. so that was the Ana- Another New York foodie. There. Right. Yes, exactly. So uh, I ended up, um, he needed someone. It just so happened somebody had just quit. And he needed somebody, so I started maybe two days later. Uh, And eventually I got promoted to be the executive chef there. Um, That's great. And that that was it. And then after six years there, I had decided I'd had enough. So I I started a catering company after I left Florent. I did that for the next eight years, on and off. Uh, But I've always been interested in culinary history. And I decided to go back to school. Uh, this time I stayed in and didn't drop out and got my master's. <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> food food wow. studies at NYU. And that's great. when I started teaching and writing, which is what I've been doing ever since. Oh, wow. So that's my story. story. So I wrote the book. I wrote lots of articles, and I've taught all kinds of students from uh, just regular folks who want to be professional chefs. Uh, I tried teaching Parolees from Rikers. That's a whole interesting story. And uh, I tried teaching developmentally delayed adolescents who could barely read or write and they couldn't do basic math. And that was difficult and depressing and did not work out. And then I ended up for 13 years at the Institute of Culinary Education. I studied EU. I'm sure you know it. Mm-hmm. And and there I taught just regular folks, the foodies of the world, and mm-hmm. people who love to cook who came and took uh, my classes along with all the other instructors there. And wow. I did that until a couple of years ago. Yeah. Excellent. So that brings, brings you up to speed. You, so now I, I have a very a big of... kitchen at home. Yeah, I've done a lot. Oh, I right. bet. <laughs> You have done a lot. No, but you know what I want to say is you've done a lot that's really like giving back on an emotional level and a spiritual level and and um, education, just like everybody else here that's on the show. Um, amazing. Sure, sure. Food people are very no, no, generous, no. wouldn't you say? I think yeah. chefs and other food people tend to be givers. Right. Don't you think? That's mm-hmm. always been my experience yeah. and, and what I've noticed. I'm not saying it's mm-hmm. me, even though I like to think it is, but I do think it's other people for sure. Um, you know, donating time, effort, cooking, uh, taking food to give during um, 
on 9-11, the school that I was teaching at was uh, on 14th Street and 7th Avenue, so not that far from 9-11. And so for that first week or so, uh, the culinary school I was teaching at, they had four commercial kitchens. We used to take 400 meals a day and give them to St. Oh, Vincent's wow. Hospital because oh, they were wow. treating all the, in- oh. the injured and those who right. survived, Nicely, which, of course, yeah. was not that many. But, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. But, I mean, I think that's typical of chefs. Labor of love, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Food is love. Yeah. Right. Food it is. is. So. Well, you know, I I want to thank everybody for everything that they bring to the table. Um, To the table, so metaphorically speaking, to the table. Yes, you're bringing food right. to the table. <laughs> um, you know, uh, what I'm interested in more is hearing from Chef Tour a little bit more about um, his holistic, private. How would somebody get in touch with you, um, Chef Tour, if they wanted to hire you as a holistic personal chef? Well, what, what is the Let's question? Let's do that. Let's give out everybody's information. I'm so sorry. I just wanted to ask everybody if they could give their information on how we, you know, our listeners that are listening would get in touch Mm -hmm. with you in regards to you being a personal chef for people. Are you still doing that? Very good. Chef Tour, T-O-R. And, again, you can see my TV shows on YouTube. Uh, I, I have a mission statement here, and it says I take great pride and care in the faith entrusted to me as a private chef who select the freshest, most wholesome, and varied ingredients for my clients and their guests. My goal hmm. is to dazzle and overwhelm those dining with variety, fresh taste sensations, beautiful presentation, and a memory of time beautifully spent together. When these oh. expectations are met, I feel I have accomplished my mission, and that is my reward. Oh, that's great. Hmm. Yeah. That's great. Well, you're I, I, and so Michael so connected. Yeah. Tour, yeah. give I your 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 uh, uh, your website one more time for okay. the listeners to pick up. Okay. It's tourspore.com. T O R S P O R R E dot C O M, and my email is different from what's on the website. It's in the reverse. Spore.tor, S-P-O-R-R-E dot T-O-R at gmail.com. And if you just mm-hmm. Google Chef T-O-R, you'll see a lot of my work. Is everybody on social media? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, but, Renee, uh, okay, could you cool. give us that your, your book one more time as well? And your uh, sure, uh, sure, website, sure. if you have? Rice, rice uh, dot dot. A global history. Oh, it's, that's uh, fine. If you put that in, it'll pop up on Amazon. You can see, uh, you can see the reviews, and it's a, it's a nice read. I'm very proud of it. Um, very good, very good. And very as good. far as social media, every now and again I tweet, but I'm not really. I don't have a website, and so uh, mm-hmm. if somebody wanted to reach me, they can have my email. I'm happy to give you that. Would you oh, like yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, good. Yeah, okay. Please. So it's it's uh, Rem Cook. It's my initials R E M Cook. Uh, mm. All lowercase, all one word, at Gmail. Oh, that's easy. Oh, excellent. Yeah. That's yeah. Easy. yeah. Right. And what about you, Michael? 
Yeah, if you guys want to, uh, and your listeners would like to see all the shows or listen in, and also the visuals of all the shows we've done the last 13 years, it's www.letstravelradio.com. And you're going to see a lot of photography because, you know, we, we not only we write, we produce, we edit, we photograph. There's a lot of very interesting visuals. You know, you've got blogs, you've got uh, a whole, uh, you know, series of, of, of information points that you can you pick up on. And also, if you want to dialogue with me, please do. Send me an email. Again, www.letstravelradio.com. We've been in destinations all over the lot, in Europe, Asia mm-hmm. Pacific, in the U.S. of A., and more to come, mm-hmm. <laughs> I guess. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, excellent, Michael. That's great. And give us a little bit more on you know, on your site so that the listeners can pick up on that too. Um, uh, okay, me. on red, I'm going to give both, I'm going to give mine, and then Spencer, I want you to tell our listeners a little bit about you. But um, oh. redvelvetmedia.com, and we're also on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, mm-hmm. and. Uh, then there's Red Velvet Media TV and film as well. We're in the process of starting to do some more documentaries. So, um, yeah, and, and you great. know, my co- my co-host, my co-host has so many accomplishments and um, in the Thanks. industry of rock and roll and also mm. in pop culture, and has written books. So, and I'm in the process of doing your book, Holly. What? Doing a book, okay. I'm gonna do one on a chill. I'm gonna do a children's book. Believe it or not, a children's book on um, dreaming, the land they go mm. to, and and that's inspired by my daughter. And then also the second book is going to be a cookbook with um, right. different types of. Oh my God, is this guy gonna hit my car? Hold on a minute. What are you doing? Oh, <laughs> We're live. Life in California. <laughs> Life in California, Michael. No, right. I'm serious. Really? I'm going to take a picture. But no, that's okay. I'm going to take a picture of his car right now. Oh. That's all right. Oh, my God. Oh, no. No, no, no. That's okay. Are you all right? Where are you driving so to? Let's, let's no, I actually pulled over because I actually have to go out and do my things when I'm out. So right. I really don't, you know. Is he mm. yelling at you? If Hello, I can everybody. Hear it, it must be Hello, loud. We're live. <laughs> we're live. I'm here. I'm here. He's he just asked me if there's something wrong with me. Oh <laughs> I God! I lost my worn Adam. Put him on the I'm phone, serious. Holly. This with us. <laughs> and, and this isn't and this isn't New York either. Yeah, exactly. So. Well, maybe you're becoming New York. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, what we're yeah, no, I know. Anyway, so that was very interesting. So anyway, what I wanted to say was. Um, 
Yeah, so Michael, your information is really information, you know, great information to have, and Chef Tor and also Chef Renee, so we can have that information for everything, you know what I mean? Um, and I want to thank the really, two of you for and Chef Tor. Oh, for sure, it was our pleasure. Sure, we, uh, we're so grateful for the opportunity. Oh, we love you yeah. guys. Oh, no. Love you people. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, it All is right. Friday, guys. I want to say don't yes. drink and drive, please. And also I wanted to say um, that be careful wherever you go. And, oh, yes, absolutely. Um, and wear a mask. Yeah. yeah. And wear yeah. a mask. Hey, Holly, I want to All bring right? in something. i got to tell a little story here. Um, I was at Michael's apartment, and I've known Michael for years, and I met Chef Renee there. It was a very pleasure to meet you, by the way. Uh, yes, and yes. There was I that tie with the restaurant, Florent, which we were talking about. But besides that, um, I thought of my radio partner, Holly, because Holly is really into food. She's going to do a food cookbook. Or she's not oh, yeah. Eat. Yeah, and, and, and I thought this would be a great show, and thank you for and 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 chef uh tour it's wonderful meeting you through michael and thank you. and uh I just want to thank all of you for being on with us. I'm sure this is going to continue and Holly wants to do a food series I know, so oh. you'll probably come mm. back you know. great idea mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. okay folks great idea all right, thank well, you guys for I, being here thank you thank you thank you and thank you'll, send us, thank you. you'll send us. Uh, let's see. I, we can go to Let's Travel Radio and find the link to today's conversation. Yes. Oh, by the way, I sent you all uh, the past show pickup. You all have an email uh, when you get to it of how to mm-hmm. get the podcast. It has the it's link. It's only in yeah. yeah. You mean this one? Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. We are picked oh, okay. up as a podcast okay. everywhere. Yeah, we're picked up as okay, a podcast okay. everywhere. Yeah. Okay. Wonderful. Okay. All right. yeah. Thanks. Thank you. Okay. Have a great week, right. you guys. Spencer. See you soon. Take care. All the better. Thank you so much, Spencer. <laughs> Thank you, Spencer. Bye. Yes. Holly.